on this episode of Quantum Week, December 19th through 25th, 2010. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year and talk about movies and music and headlines and stories. And we are in December, late December, 2010, talking about The Fighter uh, and Firework. Yes. Uh, before we do that, let's talk about our sponsor for today's episode, uh, Podcorn. Podcorn is awesome. Podcorn's great. So yeah. we, we use Podcorn a ton. Um, what they do is they basically provide uh, a meeting point for uh people who want to sponsor a podcast and the podcast themselves yep and you're able to communicate with some advertisers maybe you wouldn't necessarily find otherwise or uh it just opens up a lot of doors uh to people you might not typically meet it's basically a marketplace that connects podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities so it even has things like host read ads yeah interview segments which we've used before topical discussions and then obviously like just ads like what we're doing right now right um uh, and i found too that the cool thing is you could you you're not assigned anything. So when I'm doing the pod, when I'm looking for ads for us, yep. uh, I pick which ones I want to send a proposal to. So I'm going to find ones that are good for us. Like I know we, before we've had on like the pop culture show, right. which is a great fit for us um, because we're a pop culture podcast. So yeah. um, being able to kind of cherry pick which ones I want to speak to because the variety is pretty vast. There is quite a few there. There's not yeah. like two there. There's a, 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 quite a long list there and for all levels of podcast too absolutely yeah i mean right. we would have a hard time trying to like going you know door to door knocking on doors trying to figure out who's going to podcast our show or who's going to advertise on our show when we started but this just gives us a place where we can find all you know but like you say, for every level. level so wait, so let's say someone has a really huge podcast there, there are advertisers there that you can find yeah you, and let's say someone has a, a smaller one I, I recommend if anyone has a podcast uh go to podcorn um and and Set, set up with them. It doesn't cost anything. It's free for you if you have the podcast. Yep. It's free. So set it up. And then you can reach out to advertisers and you can send them proposals and and you name your price. That's the other nice thing is you you basically say, hey, here's what uh you here's know what I can do. Here's, and- what, here's what it would cost to go on our show. Yeah. And then it's up to the sponsor to decide. Um you can click the link in our show notes. Uh you can sign up to Podcorn right there. Uh you can start browsing sponsorship opportunities basically immediately uh once you sign up. Uh the thing I like too is the marketplace uh, mission uh, is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control on how and when uh, monetize. Yeah. Um, so huge thanks to uh, Podcorn sponsoring the episode. Uh, explore sponsorship opportunities and start monetizing your podcast by signing up now. Do it now. So before we get into the fighter, also want to thank our patrons, Glenn S., John, and Tim in Canton. <laughs> oh, the great Tim McCann. Absolutely. The legend. The legend. Yes. Yes, The Fighter. The Fighter. Great movie. Great movie. This is one of my 100 favorite this, movies. It's got to be. Yeah. It's it's an, it's awesome. It's on the tail end of my 100 favorite, but yeah. it, it's it's in there for yeah. sure. Uh I really enjoyed this movie. Um <laughs> Yes. It's David O. Russell. I think uh I do think Silver Linings Playbook, the movie he makes after this is is a touch better. A touch better. Um but this is right there with it and yep. um uh they're by far his two best. Yeah, I did see American Hustle, but I don't remember. I got to see it again. Maybe it's we'll fun. run into it's it. A fun, um, yeah. It's it's a fun. It's a fun movie. I hope we do run into it, but it's nowhere near like the cow. It isn't, it isn't quite like you enjoy it when you're watching it. Yeah. But once it's over, you kind of. Maybe that's why I don't I think it, remember I think it's it as pretty much. normal reaction yeah. to the movie. You know, Three Kings is probably a better movie than that. And that's a really good one, too. Um, but it's not. I don't think it's quite as good as this. So oh, what makes this movie so good? And it, it's it's basically it's funny. This is a rare movie where the lead 
I think Wahlberg actually does a nice job. He here. does a great job, but it's just it's the it's another situation where he, he put himself in the perfect role for him. He did, and he's also surrounding himself with wild talent. <laughs> the, the, the talent is great. Like uh, Christian Bale is off the charts. Awesome. Melissa Leo is fantastic. Awesome. And uh, Amy Adams, I think, is really good. She's great. Um, and then even like the Greek chorus of the sisters, um, <laughs> yes, you know, is is fantastic. You know, those they're all pitch perfect. If you know, obviously, this is all shot. Uh, and all takes place in Lowell. It's based on a true story. You know, Mickey Ward, yep, uh, the boxer, yep. the boxer. Uh, and um, it, it, if you've been in that area, you know, you've grown up in New England like Matt and I have, uh, that's very real. That's, yeah, I know that, Lowell. That like feels, I've been to Lowell a shit ton. And it felt like it I was in Lowell the entire yes. time I was watching that movie. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, and, that, and you mentioned the Greek chorus of the sisters. It's they, they're completely believable as a family. Yes. Like with a sort of a, a matriarch uh, family. Like you're completely believable. And it's particularly like sort of an Irish Catholic family, which, you know, my grandmother's, uh, my Irish grandmother, Lonigan is the matriarch of that side of my family. It's not anywhere near as crazy as this family that we're watching, but the, the feelings there, like it's the same, it's a feeling like you're, you're sort of looking to her to kind of set the example. And that's how it is in this one. It totally feels legit. And I totally buy Christian Bale as, oh my God, uh, as yeah. this drug addict. And, uh, it, he, I read as one of the reviews I read said that he, you know, he captured it perfectly because he didn't make this guy a monster because Dickie Eklund's not a, a monster. He's, he's not, not a, a bad person. He is a person that is has major. I think the mother is a far worse human being. Me too. Uh, Dickie Eklund is a guy who just suffers from addiction. When you when you're suffering from addiction, you do some really shitty stuff. You create a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> yeah, you're right, right, or right. You create this. this <laughs> so funny. Listen. There's 10 of you. You each give me $200 and then I have $2,000. Terrible salesperson. <laughs> and then you guys each go and find 10 more people who will give you all $200 each and you'll have $2,000. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a rough, <laughs> was like, rough explanation. Brilliant. But yeah, I mean, he, you know, he's, you know, he's even willing anything to get an extra dollar, anything, you know, he's even willing to sell his brother out to go fight a box that he has no business fighting. Yes. Anything to keep that gravy train rolling in so he can then feed his addiction. And, and mom, who's not a drug addict, is willing to do the same thing. Yeah, but she's addicted to the money. Yeah. I mean, it's another addiction. I mean, she needs him. I mean, she, that's his life. She has no, what else, what else is she going to do? Well, that's the weird thing. So Dickie is the identity, basically, of the entire family, of the, the mom and all the sisters, right? Because as, you know, if Dickie is highly regarded, um, then they're all highly regarded, but that fantasy goes away because Dickie's a fucking addict, and and they can't admit this all the shit to themselves. And, and, well, that's what the HBO documentary, which is the other thing I love too, is they use like real footage. Yeah, like, they do. Like the announcer is like during the boxing matches, they have like Jim Lampley and stuff. That those that they were actually using the real yeah. announcers, which is which is a tribute to Wahlberg and the boxer because they're able to actually mirror what they were doing, you know, the fight choreography. So that, that's, that's pretty impressive to that's be able to match. awesome to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And old audio, but it's, but that, that documentary basically shined a light on Dickie's real problems and caused this family to really look at themselves and be yeah. like, Oh shit. Like we're living this lie. We've all been in denial, not just Dickie. Like, uh, there's a, you know, you obviously you have, you know, narcotics anonymous NA and you have alcoholics anonymous AA. And you also do have Al-Anon, which is a, a mm. thing where, uh, people who are kind of caught people who are not, not addicts themselves, but family members or friends who are kind of caught in this, this, uh, what do we call it? Like a world like codependency. Yeah. Yeah. And they have meetings for those people because it's a real, those people's minds get warped too. Absolutely. Shit. Like, cause you get caught. The, the addiction can just bring you down. It's like, it's like undertow. It just, and it can bring down a bunch of people, not just the person who's necessarily taking the drugs. And this happens with his family. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, just totally, I, I just keep going back to it. It's totally believable. This whole thing is believable. 
I and the thing is, like, there, so there's a lot of dysfunction in the family, but it's also there's a lot of humor there too. The the scene where you have Dickie and 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 the mom in the car, right? Uh, you have Christian Bale and you got yes. Miss Leo in the car, and she I think has just caught him jumping out of the window into <laughs> right. the garbage, <laughs> the, the dumpster for the second time, and realizes you know she, she's she's admitting. You see, there's some cracks there, admitting that he has this drug problem, and he just looks at her and starts singing. I started a joke and she's crying because she's like, no, no. But then she breaks down a little bit too and starts singing and they laugh together and go, I mean, there's well, so she much. She wants things to be, she, she wants does. Dickie to be right. So it's easier to believe what you want. It is. And he wants her to believe that too. Cause it gets him out of trouble for a little bit. So they both are pulling for the same thing. So it's easy to just ignore the truth. It is, but it's so, it's still, it's, there's like a lot of humor. It's so funny too. It is. It, 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 well, Bale plays it great. Bale has great comic timing anyway. He does. And, um, no, he plays it perfectly. And, and he, and he plays it right because, you know, you, you have to be charming to some extent. You do. Or else it doesn't work. Like, you know, he walks in the street. Everyone's kind of happy to see him. Everyone's also kind of making fun of him. Yeah. But everyone's also kind of happy to see him. He's kind of like the village idiot in a, in a little bit, but there is a little bit of respect there. Cause the guy did go in a boxing ring with sugar. Ray. Like this guy was a one time, Oh, legit. He fighter. was. Yeah. So there's like this weird mocking respect people have when they see him in the street. But that that's interesting. It's really like what old Russell does here is that he takes um, some interesting shots of other people's perceptions, other people's reactions who maybe you never see that character again. But it's really important to know how people look at Dickie to get it. Because if you just look at it from Dickie's eyes, you're not getting the truth. No, you're not getting sort of the cringe that uh, all the other, that, the all real, the other people that, really that have. People, yeah. You would really have if you saw this guy in the street. And it's right. important to get that reaction. And that's why I love some of the stuff he does with music. Like he has, you know, some of these heavy duty songs to make it seem like Dickie's his hero. But then when you look around in people's eyes, like, not, it's not really there. Or the scene in the kit. So uh, Dickie comes out of, out of jail and he's been, he's, told by his brother that he doesn't want him he doesn't want him to train him yeah. um and so you see him alone in the actually alone with his kid in the locker room and he and he punches the um the, the locker yeah and the locker is so important to him too it's like signifies yes. his boxing scene and he, and he and he he lets loose on it and you see just his kid like sort of repel from it but then go do the same thing as his father and oh russell we move away the camera moves away from christian bale to see this kid yes. like i love how you, you see you're exactly right you see the reactions of sort of the people caught in the orbit of these people. And it's a horrible orbit to be in. It's horrible. And it even catches, so Amy Adams falls under the same trap. Now, she eventually comes in as this breath of fresh air. Yes. And kind of helping him, but eventually she gets caught up in the success. She does. And and also just getting her way. Yeah. And uh, there's a great, the best scene in the movie probably is when Bale confronts Amy Adams' character. Awesome. And he's like, well, you haven't done shit either. And she's like, and she finally has to say, like, okay, I, I haven't. Yeah. And you basically have two failures, uh, you know, arguing how to help the one success in their lives. And they, they, because they do love Mickey Ward, they do come to an agreement. They do. Um, but it is for a while, they have to kind of shake out their own failures first. And that's interesting to see too. You don't see, you don't typically no, because she could have been completely heroicized in yes. this movie. They, she, in, a weaker, in a weaker movie, she's not as trashy. Right. Oh she, no. She, uh, you know, she probably comes from like uptown, and maybe that—that's the whole fish out of water thing. You could do a whole thing. Like a weaker movie makes her a different character, but this movie kind of, I think, holds true to who I'm guessing who this person is, or at least whoever they are on screen seems right. realistic enough. And even though she has major flaws, and they're okay with that, and he does this with several in his playbook too. Like Jennifer Lawrence's character has some real fucking issues. Oh yeah. Yeah, and. You know, Bradley Cooper's character, obviously we see him have issues, but a weaker movie makes a Jennifer Lawrence character a perfect person. 
but that's it's not interesting. That's not the reality. And it's no. also not real. Right. And there's no emotional connection to that. No, and we're and I'm tired of seeing that too. We've we've run into a string of movies where you do you have the hero and you have the villain and they're one dimensional. It's just like, come on, we get it. I mean, it's, it's, we just saw Moonstruck. We did it for the Patreon show. Yeah. And the nice thing about Moonstruck was there were some real flawed characters there. Like yeah. there were no perfect people. Like everyone had some major issues. And when some people in the movie did things that were shitty, like cheating on on fiancés or whatever, or their wife, like you also saw the guilt and you saw the repercussions of some of that. Yeah. Um, and, and that was great to see. And it was nice in this movie to see uh, Mickey Ward, you know, uh, Wahlberg confront Adam. He's, you're just like them. You're yeah. just like my family now. Yeah. Like you're saying the same shit. And yeah. it, it's exactly true. Yeah. She totally turned. And it is, it is nice to see how money can change people or success can change people too. Like, I like seeing that on screen as well. I know. Yeah. I get, yeah. Do you think, so how do you rank it in terms of, in, in, in like terms of sports movies? I mean, some people, I, you know, I read well, people so say it's like, my, it's my third favorite boxing movie. So it is. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe been, even, it's probably third. So my, my, my favorite boxing movie of all time is Rocky. Rocky of course. And Rocky is one of my top 20 movies of all time. Yeah. I think Rocky is just, Rocky's better. Definitely. It's, it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. I really love the movie Cinderella Man. And that's good too. Uh, directed by Ron Howard, who we just did Willow and <laughs> Willow sucks and Ron Howard did Da Vinci Code and Da Vinci Code sucks. But Cinderella Man is, is a fantastic movie. I like that. I like that a little bit better than this. And then there's this. And then probably my fourth favorite would be Creed. Creed's great too. Um, and then you have, you know, I, I actually, I love all the Rocky stuff. Rocky five. I love all yep. the Rocky movies. They're all good. But Creed is, is fantastic. But yeah. I wonder if it, how much is that I love Creed or how much is I just have this insane love for Rocky Balboa character that blinds me. Yeah, we talked about this before when we went through Rocky, Rocky 3. Rocky 3. Yeah, yeah. Episode, yeah. Yeah, because I feel this. Right, exactly. I feel the same so thing. I, I try to look at, so, so Raging Bull, though, is, is typically the movie people point out is the best boxing movie of all time. Mm. Or, or right there with Rocky. Uh, Raging Bull is a fantastically made movie. It's a hard watch because Jacob Mott is a fucking monster. Yeah. And it's just not. It's I can appreciate it. Um, it's like, I just watched Cinder's list for the first time a couple weeks ago. Did I know that? I don't think I don't you told, know. I don't think you told me you did that. Uh, and it was, it's a brilliant movie. It's brilliantly brilliant. made. It's not my top 100 because it's just not, it's my, it's my top 100. It's my favorite movies. Right. Um, so it's, right. If you could, if you only had a hundred movies to watch for the rest of your life, would that it's be not a, just rewatchability? It's just like, what movies do I, that I enjoy the most? And some, I have 12 Years a Slave is on there, and that's a, that's a really mm. fucking hard watch, but it's so brilliantly made, I couldn't ignore it. Yeah. But, like, most of the movies there on there aren't movies that are, like, like that. Like, most, you know, Schindler's List or Raging Bull, movies that are just really difficult, brilliantly made films, but movies, I'm like, I could probably never see this again and be okay. Like, I, I just, it was just like, and it was also, it's just, they, they weren't, there's an entertainment level to a movie that I value. Of course, and right. don't get me wrong, I love those. I mean, I value those movies. Those movies are very well done. I'm glad I watched it. Yeah, amazing, heartbreaking, awful. Uh, but there's entertainment value. Uh, the fighter balances these both these things brilliantly. Oh, it I has, can watch this a, a number of times, and it's wildly entertaining. Even Super if you only watch it once, like, yeah. Just the the uh, the music yes. and how it's shot and the performances are just fun. And then you also do it does show addiction like it does show it's fucking dark and you even see Bale watching his own documentary you and do. you see how it's fun at first and then not fun after a while right uh, and that that it's like oh wow that's that's a great uh, if every addict was so lucky to have a magnifying glass on them because that's really it's a blessing that that happened it is for him. yes yeah you have to feel it you got to feel the embarrassment he did yeah he goes from clowning about it oh you do some shit when you're high or whatever he said to like oh my god yeah. I'm a, i am a fucking idiot like my life is destroyed uh yeah you, you need that so, do, where does this rank for you do you, do you have a uh, rocky's rocky would be one yeah 
I think I, so I haven't seen Cinderella Man forever. So I would have to watch it to know. I think I probably like this one better. I just, it's, I like the documentary style feel of this. Yeah. I love the way it's shot. The beginning, it, and Lowell just plays such a big part in it. Like I know that it's very yes. New England, very, um, it, uh, well, it got Massachusetts tax credits and it yeah. helped him shoot on location, which worked out perfectly. Exactly. That's yeah. what, I mean, tax credits aside, you always, I love when they shoot on this and where it happens, especially for a true story. It feels right. It feels it, it, yeah. perfect. There's something about that of, uh, you know, of New England and, and that feel. It just, it, it holds like this resonance for me. Um, my great grandmother came over from, um, from, from France as a 14 year old girl was working in those mills in Lowell. Like it just, there's, there's this like almost hereditary kind of vibrance about it that hits me. So I love the way that this is shot. The first scene where you see, um, you see, you see, he's paving, Marky Mark's paving. Yes. And then, but off camera, you just see the fists come onto the camera because it's fucking dicky, like just being fucking around. Cl- fucking around. Yeah. I love that. And then, uh, and then the camera like zooms way, like yes. runs away from them. And you kind of get the, a little bit of a scope of this, of that, that kind of downtown area. I just love the way this is shot. So I would say, and, this and is probably and, number two. And how do you like me now by the heavy? Yes. Like, yes. Blaring in. And like, I love how they use it at certain moments. Like, they use it when things are good. But when you first see it, though, it's like a f- false good. It's like yeah. artificial because you're seeing it from Dickie's eyes. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no, I'm a fucking town hero. <laughs> it's like, no, you're the town fucking joke. But then at the end, though, you start to see it. That becomes the reality because uh, Mickey Ward wins the fight. And it's like, oh, wow. Like, they are on top. They, they are. are finally, it is the reality. Yeah. Now. Oh my God. When they celebrate at the end, it's like, it's great. It's just, it just, yes, it's perfect. It's like the celebration after, you know, at the end of Rocky two, I guess. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's killer. But this is, this is a fantastic movie. Definitely among my favorite sports movies of all time. So good. I mean, it doesn't, I, I'm, I love field of dreams. If yeah. we're going to talk about baseball, like field of dreams and natural are both higher on my list. Uh, but this is, so Laura saw this movie with me. Um, she's been going through the top 100 with me. Oh yeah, because you saw this uh, like a week ago or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and um, uh, she she liked it. She liked it. She didn't like love it. Love it. She said it was very much a guy movie, which I think is an interesting. Which I, I probably think is pretty accurate. Probably. I wonder if men do like this movie more than women do. It's strange because it is very female dominant. Like the energy is very female dominant in certain ways too. Just with Melissa Leo. Just the, the the matriarchy of that family. That family structure is definitely the core of this movie. Though is a brotherhood. It though. is. Yeah, it is. It's, it's those two brothers and like what obviously and I guess what addiction does to families, which is but but it is a, you know so boxing. It's two it brothers. It is very, I think it is very male oriented. I just think it, yeah, it balances the energy a little bit though because she's so dominant. Her, her but life, she's, she's like, like this, the mother's almost masculine in a way. Yeah, I guess like, you're right. Just her attitude and how she, I mean, she has to deal with the boxing world. You probably have to be. Yeah. You have to be a pretty tough lady to do that. I guess you're right. Um, so th- this year, 2000. Um, this is 2010. One of the best movie years ever. Oh, it's awesome. In fact, every movie we're covering this week was nominated for Best Picture, which right. is the first time we've ever that's ever happened to us. Right. So here are the Best Picture nominees, and well, King's Speech won, which is a, a, a shame because it's a movie's it fine. Is, it's but good, but it's that, not. Come on, like when, when you hear the movies no. that are, it's going up against, 127 Hours, fantastic movie. Black Swan, we're covering that. Yep. The Fighter. Yep. Which is very good. Inception, which is great. Awesome. Yeah. The Kids Are All Right, which I've never seen. I don't know. That I one. heard it's quite good. The Social Network, which might be the most important movie of the last 20 years. So another great one. Yeah. And beyond great. Yeah. Um, Toy Story three, which I know I've seen that. This shouldn't be nominated. True, great recovering. Yeah, and Winner's Bone, which which is good. Which is I, I, I have not seen that. That's one. a good movie. I watched it a couple years ago. Young, um, uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence, Lawrence and her breakout role. Uh, it's good. It's a, it's a it's a good movie. It, it certainly deserved the nomination. Um, but on the tail, you know, you can hear we went through so many. This is start. This is when they started uh, putting ten movies in there. Right up to ten. Right, right, right. Um, 
So uh, best supporting actor, this one, uh, Christian Bale, Bale, the fighter. Uh, John Hawks, Winter's Bone, he, he's fine in that. Jeremy Rayner for The Town. Okay. I really like The Town. So I love it. Yeah, town. I think it's, yeah. Uh, I, I, so I, hot take here, and this probably won't go very well. I think, oh, part of me thinks that Jeremy <laughs> Renner in The Town deserved it more than Christian Bale in The no, Fighter. Well, that's not, I mean, that's a, that's not true at all. I mean, he's Jeremy so Renner, good in that he movie, dude. very good, and I'm a, Jeremy Renner, fucking apologist. Like he's he, he is his, a really good actor. Jim, that is a fucking great role. It is a great role, but it is not fucking Dickie Eckman. Like this, this is I, Christian oh, Bale does okay. so much here. here. But let's argue this for a second. Yeah. Okay. Christian Bale was able to meet and talk to the real Dickie Eckman. Jeremy Renner created that role from scratch. That's a lot harder to do. I, I, I guess he is so menacing. He's in that great. Role. He is really great. He is so believable in this role. And oh, but that, I don't. I that movie is so. fantastic. Yeah, it's it's good. I really like that movie. That's I a good love one. that movie. It's a good one. Really good one. That's a good one. I I, I I'm going to stick with Runner. I'm going to go. I'll go hard. Fuck here. no, yeah. no, no, no. You can't. You, yeah. no, no, you're just beat. Now you're just. Beat I'm up. not. I really think that he is good. Fantastic. He's really he's good. He's better than good. He's great. I don't. And, and and Bale is great too. So this what a great year. I mean to have this oh, discussion. I know. I know. Because we've done a few of these years, like there's like no, no supporting actors, like no one who even deserves it. And this year you have two guys that widely deserved it. Renner probably in a different year, but Bale, Bale's better here. Also nominated were Mark Ruffalo for The Kids Are All Right, and then Jeffrey Rush for The King's Speech, which is oh, boring. I don't remember him it's in fine. that movie. It's but just, it's I know the movie. Checking I think all, the movie was pretty Oscar good. checking all the boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As always. Uh, best supporting actress, Melissa Leo wins for The Fighter. But all, also nominated, Amy, Amy Adams. Adams. Yeah. Who's better? Melissa Leo's better. <laughs> Ugh, Melissa Leo's better. I think but so Amy too. Adams really good. Amy, she's Amy Adams really good. Doesn't quite have the accent right, which is a little jarring. I'm all right with it. I'm all right. I'm all right with her accent. Me too. I'm all right I, with I all the too. accents. But, I'm just saying, in this but one. Melissa Leo had. Yeah. If we're, if we're comparing those two, Melissa Leo hit everything out of the park. She did. Where you know I think Amy Adams needs a couple doubles. Mixed Some of those that. scenes though, like well, but Melissa Leo has a, a couple really great scenes too. But that you're right. That end scene with uh, with Amy Adams and uh, and Christian Bale is like is so good on the porch. Oh, that's oh, it's fantastic. Um, uh, but it's interesting that they didn't split the vote. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times, it, you know, it does, you exactly get someone right. else in there because of it. it exactly right. Um, and um, I'm glad it didn't. It's also very rare that two movies win for best supporting. Like the same movie wins for best supporting actor and actress. Yeah. Um, best screenplay. So this did not win. But here's what it was up against: King's Speech, uh, Another Year by Mike Lee. I don't, I don't, don't know. I don't know that. I'm sorry. The Fighter, Inception, and the Kids Are All Right. Um, Inception's screenplay is not particularly great. Hmm. It's okay. It's fine, but like the, the certainly creative is it yeah. is yeah. I, I think get, I, I think that movie's like better directed than written. For, yeah, prop yeah. The, the, yeah. the visuals and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Of course. This is for it's like so for a director. This uh, this got nominated, and that so start you know when they started doing the ten movies, uh, nominating up to ten yeah. movies. You can really tell who the top five would have been probably if you just look at director because only five nominated for director. So Tom Hooper wins for the King's Speech. It's really a shame. That is a shame. That's bullshit. Fuck that guy. Uh, Darren Aronofsky for Box We're talking about that on Saturday. Yep. Uh, David Russell for The Fighter. David Fincher for Social Network. Yes. And then the Coen Brothers for True Grit, which we're talking about on the Patreon. Um, so the so so uh, <laughs> so Fincher loses. No Russell loses. Didn't even get nominated for Inception. Yeah. For best director, that yeah, no, he should, no, that's, bull, that's bullshit. That he should have been there. Right, but, the King's Speech, King's Speech should not be there. Like yep. direct, like well, let's say you yeah. love that movie. Uh, okay, cool. Fine, you love the no, King's no, Speech. No, Inception should have been. He should have been there for like, Inception. It was not wildly, brilliantly directed. No, I mean, what are we doing here? No, 
Come on. You know what else I'm going to talk about again? Inception's okay. groundbreaking. Can we talk about the town for a second, too? I know. It, that, did it, it get it, any? No. It no nominations. Oh, Renner. Yeah, that's rough. The town's... This is a great year. Unbelievable movie It's year. a great year. Great movie year. Hopefully, we'll get to these, then. We'll get to the other ones, hopefully. Um, uh, yeah, Social Network. I mean, We you, have to, yeah. So if you, let's say you did this, if you did like a redo of this year, if I... Uh, I, I think you'd see uh, you'd see the social network probably win. wins. I you know it does win. You think it does win? Oh, absolutely. Social network is the most important film in the last twenty years. Social network wins in a you know, and uh, Fincher wins for directing because that movie is to make a movie about social media and these nerds. I know it's so hard to do. Wildly interesting and entertaining. Yes, but also like incredibly important at the same time yeah. is a masterwork. That's Fincher's. I know. I, I think when I was on the Kirkman Hand show, I. We, yeah, he Kirk thinks and I Zodiac. Back and forth. He thinks yeah, Zodiac. Yeah. But like this, that is the hardest, that is the most impressive job director maybe he's ever done. I can't argue it. I mean, it's a really difficult. The script topic, is incredible topic. too by Sorkin. Yeah. Oh, that it's is, great. That is it's one great. of the best scripts ever. Yeah. That, that, that's they, a great and one. And did win. Yeah. Adapted. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're not going to get an argument for me. I, I love this movie. Um, you know, I know we're not going to get into Black Swan right now, but I love that movie. And, know. you know, and oh, there's a bunch true, of these. True Grit we have. There's uh, a bunch of these that I love. And Social Network probably what, what wins. What a stacked right. year, right? Stacked. And, and we're only, and I haven't, I didn't, haven't really even scratched the surface. Like, or what are the movies? Because every year you have some movies that just would never, didn't get any Oscar love that maybe, yeah. maybe we love. Like, you know, the Road to Perdition types right. movies. I haven't even looked at the, just looking at what was nominated is stacked. I know. That, I'm sure there. 2010 was a great movie year. I, I, uh, I just watched that, uh, not a fucking Clooney movie, the uh, Midnight Sky. I know you said you didn't like it. Oh, at all. I thought it was okay. It, it okay. was okay. C minus. Yeah, C, C, yeah, somewhere it's in there. Good, it's, it's average. It's fine. But I was just watching. I was thinking to myself, because uh, I was thinking about this movie too, and I'm like, man, 2010. Think of those movies we just rattled off. I know. So many good ones, right? 127 hours we didn't barely even talked about. Like, that movie is fantastic. And actually, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. I, know. I think you'd like it. It's so good. Um, really good movie. Yeah. There's nothing has come out this year that has had anywhere near the critical buzz that even that movie's had because you have mank that came out it's been kind of landed flat. Little... i haven't seen it yet i so this was the this midnight sky is the first movie in 2020 that came out that i've seen I'm, yeah. i've been kind of slow playing it i'm trying to only see what's probably gonna get nominated i'm just not feeling it this year no and um oh man if they're all gonna be like this i'm very disappointing it's gonna be a bad year oh like historically bad yeah like what's worse than this year uh, i and it's not and you, you can't blame the pandemic entirely because no, cause shit was happening before then. I mean, they were, you know, things well, were the, the in, in post, though. Yeah, by, but, by but, the time the pandemic movies were still released. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, a David Fincher movie that comes out is going to get Oscar buzz if there's a pandemic or not. And right. the fact that it's kind of landing, it, it'll get nominated for Best Picture, partly because it's no, there's nothing, nothing else. What else is there? Right. right. But, like, there's not a lot. The fact that they're talking about Ben Affleck maybe winning for, a, as a drunk basketball coach, that movie came, came out in February, tells you how bad this year yeah, I gotta see that. I have to see that movie the way back. I gotta see it. Like, you know, Tenet landed flat. You're watching that. I think I'll watch that today, right? Yeah. Yeah, I want to uh, see it. I haven't seen it. I, 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 I mean, I'll, I guess I'll watch it. I don't know, man. Six bucks on Amazon right now, so it's like, all right. That's not bad. And I, I mean, it's, you know, I, got, I have to. I gotta see No, but you say that, but you haven't seen Dunkirk. I know, but I told you it's because we talked about this on the Patreon right. Um Did we know? Did we talk about it off air? Was it off air? I don't know. It all runs together off for air. me. Um, so it's just because of the war movies. I, I'm just not as drawn. I don't like seeing war. Just like I don't like seeing a lot of cop show movies anymore. I just don't. It's I don't have the same. I, I, I can't. I don't. To I don't, no one's credit, it's not a traditional war movie. I don't love Dunkirk. I, don't, by the way. Sure I only like it. 1917, by the way, is the best war movie. It's ever made. phenomenal. Incredible. But I, I held out on that one too because I was like, it's a more. I know. So good. I, it's Mendez. It's fucking um, oh, cinematographer. Yeah. Uh, 
Oh, it was De- uh, Deacons. Deacons, yeah. I was like, I know I got to see yeah. it, but I just, I just held off. And it was amazingly worth watching. Yes. And maybe Dunkirk will be for me too, but... But I just Dunkirk is not uh, a traditional war movie. It, it, it is different, but it is. I'll watch it. I mean, it is what it is. But uh, but yeah. it, it's uh, it's it's worth it's worth watching. And, and from my understanding, it, you know, they get nominated for best picture. It's oh, I will. I'll get there. I will get there. I guess Tenant probably will too. Maybe actually, maybe it won't. I wonder if maybe it won't. director. There's a lot of anti Nolan attitude right now in Hollywood. It might yeah. not. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This movie is great. I give this movie uh, an A. Jack uh, McGee it, is awesome too. I just want to Jack say that too. He is, he is so, so fucking good. He He's gets so a frying pan thrown at him. <laughs> he, hits him. He does a lot of work with his eyes. Yes. Very soulful and very like, cause he, he, he's very, cause he's trying to react to a bunch of different things. Cause he has to react to, uh, Bale, who's wild Asian to chaos. And you also yes. have to re- react to the mom who's has incredibly selfish motivations, but he also has this warmth for Mickey Ward, his son. And he, he does it all with his eyes. He is so good. I love the scene where he, he drives up in his like tow truck to a confrontation, sees it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an house. Yes. yes. Oh, I love that scene too. But he, to me, is he's a, as he's the mom in Silver Linings. Yes. Yes. He's That's just tra- like he's trying is, to keep the peace. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like, you know, I don't know his name and I, mean, I probably should have looked it up, I guess. Uh, but the, the guy that plays the cop. Sal. Sal. That's Frank uh, Renzulli. He's very oh, good too. I feel like I know him. He's very good. Is he a comic? Frank His name sounded familiar. I didn't look and see what other stuff he's I'll done. Look into that more. Uh, he, but he, no, Mike. This is a guy you don't really see very often no. in film, and he did a hell of a job. He did, and he had a couple times he had to like really emote angrily, and you buy it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this guy can do some different things on here. Like, I totally buy. I love that he's always in his cop uniform. I'm like, <laughs> yes. I really, I really, I really like that character. The, Oh, David Russell's so good about at that. Even with Three Kings, with this, with Civil Lines Playbook, the characters on the prefer, yeah, preferry, prefer, preferry, preferry on the on the outskirts. Peripheral, peripheral. I'm going to say outskirts. It's <laughs> uh, a mill, but they, uh, they, they, they can be almost as interesting as the leads. They can. He does such a great job of creating a world, and you feel like you're in that world, and because of that, you have so much more emotionally invested in the character. I mean, that's why they do the shots with the in the beginning, uh, with with Lowell in the beginning, right? Because you're seeing it. You're seeing that world. He's you know, so it's good. funny. The movies that came out this year were really good about that. The town, you felt like you were in Charlestown. Yeah. 127 hours. You feel like you're in that ravine with that guy. He's in like arches or something. He's in Utah or. Yeah, but you feel yeah. like you're in the ravine with the, you yeah, oh, the I see, I see. Take my word for it. Man. All right. I'm asking where he was. I'm just asking. Oh, that you were that saying was, no, where that was, was a question. He's like, oh, okay. in our, yeah, it was no, a no, question. But you're in a ravine with him the whole movie, yeah. but you feel like you're there because they do a good job setting it up. Yeah. Um, but they do a really he, these movies this year. I feel like more than most other years, you feel like you're in there with them, and because of that, you're so much more connected. I mean, even the crazy world that is Inception, like you're there. Right, he, you, he just you're he, right. He create he builds it for you, but you feel like you're there, yeah. even though you don't even know what's happening. You, yeah. That's a great point. That's a great example. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Killer year, just oh, a man, killer year, so stacked. And I gotta say, like I am O Russell. I'm like a, such a fanboy of O Russell right now. Such a fan so he's boy. supposed to be coming up with a new movie next year. I saw that with uh, is Mark Wall. Some a few of these people are in it. I hope. I, I the nice thing about it, so his movies. Uh, this happened with American Hustle. Like it, you didn't know about it until it fucking dropped. Yeah. Like you basically like oh this is coming out in two months. It's like oh shit awesome great. Uh, so his movies are because they're made with a pretty low budget. He's really good at controlling costs yeah. and he knows exactly who wants to be in his movies. So he doesn't have a whole like screening like a whole audition process. It's yeah. Pretty much like I know who I'm going to work with. Yeah. Um. So hopefully, I, I, my God, how great would it be like one day? Like, oh, by the way, in two months, you're getting a new... Because I will, I will be very anxious to see it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he's fantastic. Yeah. 
All right. Anything else on uh, the fight? If yeah, you haven't great, seen the fighter, go fucking movie. see the fighter. Fucking I mean, awesome. it's it's Incredible. awesome. Yeah. And then who's better, uh, Renner or Bale in in uh, in those roles? It's Bale, but that's. Okay. I think you're. I think you're right. I'll, I'll put a poll up, but I bet. I bet. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. I'll put a poll for that. I mean, Renner's very good too. You're gonna win the poll though. Well, I mean, Christian Bale will. I mean, I that's right. It's I mean, but your opinion will win, <laughs> win the poll. I think. I, th- I think people, which will. is fine. I'm okay with that, I guess. But I am. I know I am okay with that. But I, I just some Renner love. I saw. So I was reading about Christian Bale today, and he said. Gary Oldman was the guy who wanted he, he watching Gary Oldman that I want to be an actor because of Gary oh. Oldman. And it makes complete sense. Like Christian Bale, very good looking guy. Yes. Can be a lead, but he does take these these parts where he can play a character. Oh, like, he's, he's a, a great American character. Hustle, he, yes. he, he's this fat guy. <laughs> yes. Um he just he, did, uh, he was in Dick Cheney. He was Dick Cheney, right. He'll just he'll do it. He'll transform his body. I mean, he was gaunt, not like the machinist, but he was gaunt here. You know, um, he'll, yeah, he'll just he'll, after he'll coming he'll off bulk up for Batman. A Batman yeah. yeah, I mean, he's he's really super committed, super talented. Like, I have a lot of respect for him. Former child actor, too. You know, if you think about Empire you know, of the Sun in, in Newsies, I've, Newsies sucked, but Empire of the Sun was good. Yeah, but I mean, think about it. the guy's like, you know, you would never think this guy now is going to become a generational talent, which That's is true. what he basically we talk about market correction a little in the show. Like, he I don't see he market corrected Edward Norton because he's younger than Norton, but he kind of took over those roles. Yeah. And I guess, and, and you know, those are kind of the roles Edward Norton was doing. Edward Norton, by the way, I, I always I feel had like uh, should have had a better career. Yeah, I don't think disappointing, but underwhelming. Underwhelming. He's, like I had such high hopes for him. He's a great actor. Great actor. And then he just got really power hungry. Is that what happened? Yeah, he became really hard to work with and he became like he insisted on scripts, um uh, uh like oh, scr- rewrites and shit. Control and script. He yeah. was he would be in movies and he would demand rewrites on set. Like he it got really weird with That's him. That's too bad. And he does stuff with Wes Anderson now and then, but they're like supporting stuff. Like he doesn't, he just, and then I think people just got sick of his shit. And then he also seemed like, I just have lost his fastball. I mean, can you imagine like, I want to redo the Hulk like two years after the Hulk because I want to do it right. That's kind of where, like, that was it. It was like after the Hulk and I don't know when that well, was. Like I think there was, was an, there, was a, there was a market for that though. I mean, people like, like seeing, but, that, but, but they wasn't... like seeing the Mark Ruffalo Hulk. I don't think they liked Edward Norton Hulk. No, they did not. No. And yeah, I, but I think, but there's other movies too where he was, I guess, very demanding. And so, sometimes it works. Like American History X, he was, I guess, pretty demanding. But I guess but he was it great. Made, and it made that was for a, great a better movie, movie in yeah. theory. The movie has some problems, but yeah, he, he's good in it. Um, yeah, it's, it's disappointing because when you see like people versus Larry Flint, he's so good as the lawyer. You see Primal Fear. It's great. Um, 25th hour. Great. Incredible performance. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, this guy, this guy, the sky's the limit, you know? And he was in that movie with uh, Brando and De Niro, the score. He was. Yeah. So that's they they yeah. labeled him as the next uh, the next generation talent and it just didn't it didn't quite didn't work. No. No. Yeah. All right, Christian Bale. Yeah. Um shall we move on? Yes. Firework. Uh, so apparently I am a Katy Perry fan. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know where that came from, um, but I love this album. Okay, yeah. Uh, I love this song. Have you heard her? Have you heard her before this? Yeah, but I. It's like you know, I've I've heard it around, but I don't yeah. since I don't listen to the you know the radio or anything. I I don't. I'm not confronted all the time, and I don't have TV. I don't have cable, so right. I'm not confronted <laughs> by her music all the time. I always thought. I know you disagree with this, and probably a lot of people do, but. I always thought her halftime was the best halftime I've seen in forever. I just I love, that, I but, love I think, that. but I think it's a, it was a good halftime show. I think it was great. Her riding in on the fucking tiger, 
I just thought it was light and she was very good and yeah. it, it sounded great and the visuals were awesome and it was fun. Kind of everything you want. Some after after the after Boobgate, things got really serious at the Super Bowl. Yeah, we like, had a lot of like Asian yeah. rockers on. Like, yeah, Springsteen and uh, Paul McCartney and yeah. who was good actually, but Paul McCartney. I think McCartney and Springsteen both were good. I kind of like the aging rockers I, better. Than, I didn't like the Prince one at all. I didn't think oh, it was, it was very. Cr- good. Oh, what? that's it a crazy take. People it's, love. People say it's the best I know one ever. Yeah, but I like I have high expectations of Prince, and oh, he's he's a phenom- I've seen him live. He's phenomenal. That was not. It wasn't. That's, 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 wasn't a good show. It wasn't. It was. But okay. I mean, they they're in a twelve or whatever fifteen minute window like you know exactly do so much. no i know but but now but i hate to say it but in that case katie perry's halftime is better than prince's like she knocked that out of the park it was a it was a much better performance than prince was i dude that's hard for me i love prince like that's this is not is it's just how good hers was versus his that's wrong but okay it's it was right but anyway so i'm you know i it's not like i seek this music out um but I do know, yes. In retrospect, I do know this. This album had this is uh, t- um, what was it? Teenage Dreams. Yes, Teenage Dream. Teenage Dream. Yeah, Dream. Singular. Five number one hits. Um, Only the second time it's happened. Yes, yeah, right. So you know, it was a very big the album. Only time but, was with Michael Jackson, bad. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, and which is wild, right? Five number one hits, and then I guess the sixth one hit number three. That's what it was. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So the five. So California Girls, uh, Teenage Dream, Last Friday Night, um, TGIF. Firework and E.T. That's wild. Those five were all number ones on Billboard. Imagine the career she would have had if she was good looking. Yeah, so I that that's oh, I'm kidding. That, that, <laughs> she's like the most one of the most beautiful oh, women. Oh, it's funny you say it because I don't. I find her uh, you less fu- attractive than than um, her contemporaries. Actually, what? Uh, she's pretty. What contemporary? <laughs> what are you What are you talking about? I just find I don't find her that attractive. <laughs> Oh, no, she, no. uh, she's all right she's fine she's fine <laughs> she's no, fine she's okay no but uh like taylor swift i, find, <laughs> I think taylor swift is a prettier girl than she is <laughs> but i love but i think that <laughs> katie perry is much better than taylor swift she is my favorite musician of her contemporaries oh you say crazy shit sometimes <laughs> man Dude, you're a weird guy do i really yeah uh, yeah katie perry is is you know i'm not saying she's especially, ugly especially like back then so it's 20 10 Katy yeah, Perry. It's, 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 no, I think she's pretty. Oh, yeah. She's yeah, not fair. like off the charts. It's, like, it's off the charts. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Your taste it, is different than mine. It's fine. It's, no, <laughs> no, your taste is different, period. <laughs> That's Because yeah. you don't always know Zoe Deschanel either. Wait, don't you think that. T- and, and it's funny because people. No, Zoe's okay. I mean, she's fine. But remember, you said she wasn't that. You didn't think she was all that attractive. She Jennifer Connelly. Like, I, Jennifer is Connelly. So much yeah. more attractive than these women. Like even that's even hard, through her, even through well, that's I'm that's sorry. Like you're but, picking like the most beautiful person like whoever whoever lived. One of the yeah, but that's what I'm doing. Like that's what I'm I'm comparing to. So in comparison to so, someone like Jennifer, Jennifer Connelly, like then no, like that's not uh, you can't. It's like saying like Babe Ruth. You compare everyone to Babe Ruth. That's but if fair. she's if she's a ten, then these these women are sevens. That's not. That's, you can't compare things to Babe Ruth. You can't compare things to the best. I'm sorry, but that's how I've always like. That's excellence. not. A, that's not how thing, you compare things to the average. Is that what you do? That's how life. That's, otherwise, you're always you're always in a disappointment. Because I'm not looking down at the average. I'm looking up at the excellence. Right, anyway, okay. You're not so really making sense. But compared okay, sure. to average, yes, sure, certainly. Yeah, it's she's not a lot. that. Katy Perry in 2010, except for you, was basically uniformly agreed on that this is this is pretty good. This is pretty, it's tough, hey, tough to yeah, beat. It's tough good. to top. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> anyway, but of of her contemporaries, I find she's my, she's my favorite uh, as a musician. She's my favorite. Yeah. Um. So there's not a lot of uh. So Katy Perry songs are fun. 
Katy Perry songs are like if you're on vacation or you're on like a business trip or something and you meet like a, a and you're single and you meet a, a cute girl or whatever and you kind of have a fun weekend with you know that person's kind of in your life for that weekend and you kind of just like but then you go home and you never really think about mm. her again because and there were no stakes like it's just fun it's just like it's a fun weekend there's no you're just having a great time with this with this girl or whatever and then you go home and it's like all right well that part of my life and you, you maybe like three years later oh yeah that was a fun weekend but you don't really ever think about it again. I'll listen to this album again repeatedly. Yeah. So you have to. Hap- you have to like. You didn't listen to it all when it came out. It's, it's, I'm having a hard time kind of wrapping my head on get that. Con- but I don't get confronted with this music. I know, but like, it, I don't know how you do this. Is, I don't this really is seek why this out. I say you're an alien. I'm not an alien. I just don't. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, I mean, it takes. It does take me a little while to warm up to music. Like, I hated OK Computer the first time I heard it. I did. I hated it. Right. But it, it, it had right, to like that's that's a different that's a, so much more going on with this is like a, this is a pop song Matt. Uh, this, this is a, this a pop is, album yes but well you so you can say the same thing about Britney Spears songs too yeah you can well yeah you can but there's a lot of depth of writing here too this is not just a bullshit album like if you bec- it's in a particular style where you could peg it as vapid but it's not the writing is awesome the recording well, the, the is lyrics awesome. are not that awesome yeah but i'm song, not man. right right I mean, well there are plenty of I mean, firework i mean this is this isn't this isn't like brain so, surgery yeah, yeah, yeah so i'm not uh i don't i don't just focus on one part of the song though the lyrics are not the are not always the most important thing to me a lot of music that i like they're not more than Katy perry either no i agree <laughs> i mean this is not i agree know, let's 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 be clear we're talking about here for a second oh right? the, i mean there's, there's just, no disagreement here right. i mean this, this, this is, is this a teenage it's, it's a teeny bopper people this is you know yes think of who the audience is or who they're trying to direct the audience to but for this style, for this genre, right. this is a an awesome album. This is like um, it's the same thing with Phoenix. We've talked about Phoenix on the podcast a little bit before. We're gonna get we're gonna get to them. Um, All right, I'm earmarks, curious but, to hear this comp with Phoenix and well, Katy Phoenix, Perry. Amadeus, um, Mozart. That album mm-hmm. is a phenomenal album. But it is a it is an electronic pop album. But and it's the not. A, good. It's not a pop album. No, it is. Matt, it's not. It, it's Matt, not, Matt, it's not. It totally is. It, okay, but it wasn't on Pop Station, so the world is. Well, that's because. You, well, it's just because it doesn't get pay, didn't get played on Matt, fucking ninety four point five. That's not. A that pop. is a pop. All right. Dude. Well, it's not because it, 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 it is, is a straight so up with Katy Perry. Other than you on your on your planet, planet Carano. The rest of us here on Earth, this was this was everywhere you went. Though. Like you heard this everywhere. Like this, so it becomes like when that happens, it becomes like entwined more with it's like society. It becomes entwined more with like yep. what's going on around you. Phoenix never has that because no pops is gonna fucking play the album. It's oh, they would pop. play that album, but they oh. didn't. But they didn't, and they never did. He had, he had a number of albums. Well, just because never people did ever appear on a pop stage. Just be, well, yes, it did. Which song? Oh, nineteen oh one was. I mean, these songs charted. Uh, Listomania charted 1901. Listomania charted. is charted on alternative. It was on alternative. No, it charted on the fucking Billboard Hot what, 100. What I fucking did you looked. listen to, dude. I looked at the Hot 100 because I was every looking song for the Hot 100 plays on a pop set on a pop station. They play. That's why it's called Top 40. That's what the, that's what the genre is called. I, I'm gonna bet that that Phoenix hit the Top 40 too. I don't know. I I, I, don't, I never once heard a Phoenix song on a Top 40 station. <sighs> Stylistically, though, it's the same. So I'm sorry that I can be a little bit more objective about this than <laughs> pop culture. And I'm sorry that you have to fucking I'm sorry I, I <laughs> lived on Earth. Like that you're looking at. I'm at, sorry I at, walked on the planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're looking at the like a you know the, the fucking popularity as the as the key I to what I a style of music a, is. It's an element here at play. I agree that it's an element to play. I'm just saying those are pop songs. The, that album, Phoenix. Amadeus Moza is a pop album. Okay, it's okay, electronic we, we, pop uh, album. Let's pretend it's not. Just for, I'm not going to pretend audience it's not. Is agree with it's the, let's do a poll on that. Why? Listen to the album. Listen to that album versus this album. There are way more similarities than differences in those I think two Taylor albums. Swift is a better cop. That, you're more on track with that. Because that's more, that's who, that's who her, 
I say rival was, but it's kind of yeah, who yeah, yeah. she was I, up against. I agree, but they're both, they're, they are the same genre. They are the same genre. Those two albums are the same. Okay. Genre, it's the same time period too. It's, they're not, but okay. They're not it, the well, same time period? It was 2009, I think. For I, I know, but they're not the same genre. Never what you're the only person ever make that comp. Do you listen to the music before you talk about it? Do you listen it? to music that was on the radio at that time? We were, we were live in 2010. I listened to- the, Walk around. Have you ever listened to- listen to, Talk to people. Listen, you know, let's talk, talk to the other to human the beings. <laughs> Talk to the people. Like, that even matters. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. Just listen to the songs. Listen exist to the songs. Exist in the world. I exist in the world. You listen did, to the fucking albums. I don't, you wait, get, like, you're like, this oh, is this crazy. Katie Perry's pretty good. This who, is, is, who is this fucking crazy to me that you do Five not see the cheat, like, the similarities between those two albums. Yes, one was more popular than the other. Yes. Uh, just a tad. Yeah. Just a touch. Yeah. Clap, 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 clap for that, that fucking that, thing. No one, no one in the world looks at that album uh, as a pop album. No one does. They didn't play it on any pop stations. It is it's not a pop a album. synth pop album. The, like, if you listen... You sound to, insane. Listen to those two <laughs> albums together. They're very similar. You have a similar situation. His, and I, my comp is this, too. His lyrics aren't very good either, but I'm not just listening to those albums for, 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 the, fucking, for the fucking lyrics. That's not why I'm listening. It's not the whole reason I'm listening, you're gonna get, man. You're going to get raked over the Why? course Why? They're similar it's, albums. It's, it's not, dude, they're similar to the pop. That is pop. They're making fucking pop music of the time. Pop? It's not. Pop from this time was, it said Taylor Swift, Katy Perry, Bruno Mars. Like that, those were pop stars of this album. No one besides you and maybe, uh, you know, uh, the, the Phoenix is not a, no one knows who they are. Yes. So that's what you're using. You're using that because one was played on a particular radio station or not, or one was more popular than it's, the other to say that they're not similar sounding albums. They sound similar. Okay. That's uh, my point. They're comps in that way. They're not comps in terms of record sales, but or, if you listen to them structurally, how they recorded, how they sound, the lyrics, the way they are, they're very similar, but it's a weird thing to compare you when you, there's other options to compare my argument is you're talking about the lyrics though and so right. my argument is you have a similar sounding and similar style albums that both are that i both are i i hold in high acclaim that don't have the most amazing lyrics bonnie Vera is another comp i don't love they're not similar albums they're not similar similar uh, sounding at all. They're very different genres of music, but I love Bon Iver. He does not write the best lyrics. I can overlook that as my point. Katy Perry, also the, the pop element too, is Katy Perry is very pretty. Believe me, she is. Uh, yeah, you know, but, and that, a lot of it is her image. And that's a lot of what pop music is too, is image-based. I don't think Phoenix ever really cares about looking pretty or, or being attractive. And it's a whole other element of this, like where, where they become more than the music. Like that's that's kind of what pop music is when you become an iconic character, iconic figure. Yeah. Like Katy Perry is an iconic figure, or at least was. That's, maybe not, not, anymore. Like, that's not what I'm comparing, though. But that's what I'm talking about. It's like, there's a lot of elements to I think, pop music that Phoenix or whatever that's that's not even on the table. I'm comparing style versus versus the fucking lyrical component of it, and their styles are very similar. Okay. Okay. That's my point. Okay. <laughs> fucking try to bully me into your pop culture takes i'm not trying to i'm trying to explain what pop culture is I think, at this point. <laughs> but it's not that's not my point it's not my point there are unknown artists who have written similar albums to this that we don't know about too that's my my point but is, why would we ever talk about them in this show we're okay. talking about katie perry this album is fucking awesome and i can look past the fact that she's not the best lyricist or she or i know who she's targeting the audience oh, to i i this album's good i think i wonder i, I really do wonder if a lot of the reason you like this album so much you just never heard it before 
I have heard these songs before. I know all these songs. Okay. But uh, yeah, I didn't, I, I wasn't inundated with them because like, I wasn't you, listening you to Teen Bop You hear a few times music. and it's like, okay. No, no, this, this uh, resonates for me. There is a lot of depth in this music. There is tons of depth. The writing is amazing. It's so good and poppy. It's, it's very good at what it wants to do. It's not good at anything else but that, which what it wants to do is very admirable. Like make a good pop album. It's not fucking easy to do. And she, she does it. This is a really good pop album. And this is a this is a good song. This is fine. Yeah, and, and her music's fine. It's it's good. It's not. It's it's enjoyable to have on at like a, a party, whatever. Someone throws a, you know on a Katy Perry mix at a party. It's it's fine, I guess. You know, or if one just pops up randomly, it's probably the best thing. It's part of a mix. That's that's great. Yeah, it's fun for like three minutes, and you move on. And you don't really ever like I said. It's like being on vacation with that girl. You never really think about it again. You just kind of move on to the rest of your life, and it's it's almost like it, it never. Like I honestly. I hadn't thought about Katy Perry a ton the last like couple of years. You see her on like American Idol. Well, she does American Idol now. Do you know that? Yeah. Like or she, 2018. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, she's yeah. on the commercials. You see yeah. her, you know, commercials for, you know, and you'd be like, oh, wow, she cut her hair and she's on yeah, American yeah. Idol now. All right. Uh, you know, and it's just like, oh, you know, she's getting them, you know, and then she, I guess she just came out with a new album this year, but like no one buys the albums anymore. You know, she, her, her time has come, which is fine. She had a, a good run. Oh, huge run. You know, yeah. Huge run. Peaked with this album. Yeah, exactly. This was the big one, and then the yeah. next one after was pretty big. And the one but before it was pretty big. Yeah, it had sleeping in Vegas. Uh, uh, I kissed a girl. I kissed a girl. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I mean, roar on the next one after. Yeah, roar yeah, was yeah. the one after. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's a pretty good, pretty good run. A three album. You know, we, we've been doing this show long enough where you kind of see trends and, and certain things. You know, for a pop star to have three major albums back to back to back, that's a that makes you legit. She's legit. She's legit. I'm gonna listen to this album. I'm gonna keep fucking listening to it. There's a lot here. What do you want to talk about? The song, something you like about the song in particular. I love the way that it's recorded. So when we listen to, uh, I know you're not a huge uh, Bruce Hornsby fan. No, he sucks. But, but the, he's amazing. But he's awful. There, there's a, like, if you listen to the way that that's recorded versus the way that this is recorded, the sound of the recording, you hear the very warm um, Bruce Hornsby. Another good example, like, sort of probably the best example of warm kind of analog, not digital recording is Steely Dan. Like, listen to Asia and the way that that's recorded. <sighs> Oh, fuck Everyone you. you're bringing up, like, God, you're not like damn you! You have the worst taste in music. What's happened to you? What's happened? You're supposed to have better taste as you grow older. It's getting worse. Well, not all of us want to listen to your national. Not all of us listen fucking... to pop songs like you know Phoenix is put out recently. Oh, I fucking love. Phoenix. I love that album. So <laughs> it's much. a good album. That's it's very good. Awesome it's a really fun song. I would never call it a pop song. It's just the most insane thing. It's such. It's fun. fine. I'll, I'll get over it in 20 years from now. One of the cra- another crazy thing Matt says in the show. It's the just fucking pop. Song. I don't know. You you make no sense. Anyway, so. The, the warmth of that style of, of recording. So Bruce, that uh, Bruce Hornsby recording is phenomenal. This is phenomenal as well, but just in a very cold surgical digital way. Like this is all the tools of today. And you can, you can really hear the difference when you listen to Bruce Hornsby. How do I, how do I try? So, okay. So this album has such like a range, a harmonic range to it where you're hearing like uh, harmonic ranges, like the high, 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 high highs, like the breaths and the hiss and the low, low lows. If you listen to the bass on this album, you hear the bass notes, but there's something that's below it. Our ears can only really hear down to, I think like, like 40 Hertz or 60 Hertz, something like that. But we can feel the impact of the bass that's below that. Like if you go to a concert, you go to like a rap concert or something, they've got the subs there. There's a certain point where you can't identify the pitch anymore, but you just feel the emphasis of, of the the moving the wave kind of below below that Mm -hmm. and you feel that on this album then above that is the bass and then you hear like all the mids where her voice sits and where the keyboard sit and then above that is the breath and the harmonic structure 
that, that happens, like the, the harmonics that happen ab- above it. So I love like the, the, just the, the, like the heart, this, this, it's a very vertical sound. Like I can kind of hear the whole range of the harmonic spectrum that like the, the, that we're able to hear as humans from it. So that's part of it. No, this, this, this album, sound, her songs sound great. Her songs sound professional. Like they sound like, you know, they're legit. Really they're well done. Really yes. well done. I love the way her voice is. She is one of the rare pop sing female pop singers who does not try to do all these weird flourishes and shit. She has a very beautiful voice and she sings very beautiful melodies and she sounds amazing, but she never tries to do any of that shit because there's, there's no need. Like it, it doesn't, you, you uh, who was the Kelly Clarkson? And I felt like she was such a pose. I, I, I had a lot of respect for Kelly Clarkson and her voice is like, Oh, that, you know, just kind of as a, I've never listened to a lot of her music again, you know, another, another person that I didn't, wasn't confronted with all the time, but, but I always in the periphery thought that she had an amazing voice. But then when we sort of drilled into it, I was like, no, she's doing the same flourishes over, over, over and over. She has a hard time singing in tune, particularly on like her first album where there's not a lot of pitch corrections. Like, well, um, that's an example of trying too hard and, you know, not, not doing no, well I, enough. I it's agree. sort of the nuts and bolts yeah. where Katy Perry is the opposite of that. Katy Perry picks more fun songs to sing and, Way more and fun. her album sounds so much better. Like, oh yeah. Like the quality, like we talked about the quality of the production. Kelly Clarkson album sometimes don't sound they don't. that great. They certainly don't sound like Katy Perry's. No, they don't. And Katy Perry's more fun. Way more fun. Or even Adele, which who who's a way better voice. Like Adele is one of those per- people who can, you know, she's got a great voice. She can sing those flourishes and she sounds right on. But her songs aren't fun. No, no. They're like dark. I mean, there's a couple that I like, but yeah. it's just, it's sort of like always Adele a dirge. Adele really is the anti-Perry. She is the In anti-Perry. Every, <laughs> every single way. <laughs> like, it, but it's true, right? Like, could you pick two people that are more like one's from California, like, you know, beautiful. <laughs> yes. The other one's from England. Not as much. <laughs> like, it's just, but it's just like, but even the songs they sing, what they sing about, like yeah. every element, one is all like about like ice cream and fun and yes. fucking sharks and shit. I love the sharks. And the other one is, you know, like very, it's very modular. It's her, she, the albums are her ages. Like, it's just like very, yeah, yeah. I, you, I do. I will say this though. Uh, it sounds like a knock on Adele, but Adele's music will have a longer lifespan. People will yeah, know Adele's will. songs 30 years from now. They're not Katy Perry is a moment in time. Adele will have a career and be an icon. Katy Perry's probably. window is already closed. Yeah, you're probably She's right. already on fucking American Idol. Yeah, she, you're right. You know, she doesn't... It's, it, and that's well, the difference in caliber tie, of voice. Yeah, when you tie yeah. your image to beauty like Katy Perry did, um, too, like, that has a shorter shelf life. It does. You can only do that for so long. Yeah, Adele can have like a Aretha Franklin type career. Right. Like she could just, just sort of transcend right. genre. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Agreed. The other thing is, um, so I did also want to talk about uh, side compression. I, I think I probably mentioned this on the podcast before, but listen to this is, I love this. I, I, and I, I use it all the time now, but I love this trick in recording. We talked about before um, on the John Mayer episode, how it's hard to, when you have a lot of things happening in the same harmonic area, um, it's hard to differentiate the voice. It's hard to hear the voice clearly. Like you need to hear the voice, hear the lyrics, understand the lyrics. We want that in pop music. But you have other instruments there, whether it's a keyboard stuff or you have guitar stuff, which is really important for John Mayer. It gets in the way, and it's really hard to mix the voice in there. And his trick was he would put a whisper track on there, right? So you could hear the kind of the semblance of the words. That, that was his trick. Mm-hmm. But another thing that, that pop musicians do is this thing called side compression. And what it ends up doing is gets part of the mix out of the way when certain other things are happening. And a lot of times you hear it on the on like on the on the bass and the low end. So the bass and the kick drum drum occupy the same place in the harmonic spectrum. It's all the the low, and it's really muddy down there when you have the impact of the bass 
and the impact of the kick drum at the same time. It's hard to know where one ends and one one begins. And that muddiness can also can kind of come across to us as distortion or just not a lot of clarity or just 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 mud is sort of how we experience it. Well, one way to get it out of the way is you use this trigger, this compression trigger, that when the kick drum hits, it brings the it instantly brings the volume of the the bass down. So you hear the imp, so it goes sort of like a like it just sort of closes in on it. So you hear the impact and it gets the rest of the 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 um the bass out of the way. Another place they do it though is to make sort of a pulsating feel to all of the other instruments that are happening in the song. So like the, the keyboards or guitar or whatever. So what you would do is on the impact of the kick, you would then trigger the rest of the mix to go down in volume. And it makes this like vroom, 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 vroom. And you can do it so it's like different times too. So you could do it so it's like kick, vroom, vroom, vroom. So you can you could like sort of, you do it in time so it sort of makes you bounce. And a good place that you hear that, it's all over the song but in the chorus too, but a good place you can hear it is the bridge. You hear those keyboards grow? Woo, 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 woo. It's because it sucks it out when the kick hits it. Hear that? Mm-hmm. That's side, that's, that's side, uh, side chain compression. I love it. Even brighter than the moon. It's always been inside you. Okay, Katie. Thanks. <laughs> I love this album. It's it's okay. It's great. It's fine. Um, I think that's it with Katie Perry. We, we'll probably, you know, we're gonna run into another one, number one song. Probably, yes. Again. I mean, a bunch of them. Uh, yeah. I uh, yeah. I give this. Uh, I give this song like a B minus. I could probably give this album a B. Yeah, this is a great song and uh, better than a B. I don't know. It's gonna make your top five? No, no, no. Well, I mean, <laughs> we've had so many good songs. Like it's hard to <laughs> hard to crack. I don't know where. I don't know where you're. You know, you're the only person in the world that I think in the entire world that is this much of a fan of Katy Perry's music, but not, she's not that pretty. I mean, not compared to like the greats. How about the OKs? She's great against the OKs. Okay. Good job. <laughs> so bizarre. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Uh, where were you? Uh, so this was, I think I've talked about the back end of this. I'm in California. Um, this is my last like six months in Are California. You? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I'm just trying to think when I met you. It would have been 2011. Yes, it would have been. Yeah. So December 2010 was like my last holiday season before I moved back in Mar- uh, came back you- in April of you- 2011. I must have met you then like right when you. Totally right away. Because oh, wow. John met, John yeah. talked to you and then talked to me. He said, oh, you should meet my buddy. Yeah, that's, that's funny. Because I was, I was actually trying to think of my. Were you already home by now, but you weren't, huh? You I was still not. in California? Yeah, so but this you were was, making plans to come back, right? Oh, I'd known probably eight. So after in, so it was 2009, September 2009, um, my long-term girlfriend at, at the time and I broke up, split up. So she was the woman that I, I went to California for and we split up and right after then, I'm like, what, what the fuck am I doing in California? I'm going to go home. But I was making really good money and I was like, I'm just going to keep banking it. And now there's no stress. I can go home whenever I want. But, you know, I had a, big job and I didn't want to leave them in the lurch either. So I was going to give them a lot of time to, uh, I would help them find my replacement and stuff. So I figured it would, I would leave in about a year after that. So I was thinking like right around fall 2010, I would leave, but, uh, but that's kind of when I started the process of, of, uh, hmm. of, I think I even told them maybe in September, Hey, I think in the spring I'm, I'm, I'm out. Um, but I, so this was, so we broke up a year later in um, two. Wait, so that was two thousand eight. In two thousand nine, I like oh no, sorry, two thousand nine we broke up. 
right after that, I met another woman. I might have mentioned, I think I mentioned her before, but she was like my doppelganger as a woman. She was exactly like me. And that didn't, and we, I overcommitted. We ended up living together like a month later. Right. And it was a complete fucking disaster. Um, uh, so we, <laughs> like just a few months later, we did not live together anymore. But we were still kind of seeing each other a little bit until, fast forward till September 2010 when I meet Barbara. So I'm September 2010, I meet Barbara. Okay. In um, the Rocket Room, which is a venue we were both playing. I think I explained this. I was more recently single, so I was uh, hitting on another woman, and Barbara walked in, sat down with us, and I was like immediately like, oh my God, this woman is beautiful. And we hit it off and started like immediately. That next day, uh, I called her and we like hung out, and then we hung out every day from then on. Until so, but we were always up against a, a the issue that she's from Brazil and she could only be in the United States for a certain amount of time. And she would she was already in um, in the United States for three months. She only had six months, so that put her in the end of December 2010 when she had to leave. So this week, uh, 2010 is when we put her on a plane to go back to Brazil. Oh, and so okay. right up until this time, too, we're like, so when we get into a relationship. It's it's like what we know that there's there's a, a pretty hard end date here. Like yes. Potentially, she could come back, but when you have a, you just, she didn't have a green card. She just had a, you know, she, she could stay in the. Uh, she had a visa, but she couldn't. She was on vacation, basically. She couldn't work here. Didn't know how we were going to make it work. And and pretty early on, you know, after we'd been kind of seeing each other a lot for the, for the first couple weeks, we talked about it. We're like, hey, we know that this is kind of um, maybe not going to work, but like, should we call it quits or you want to keep going? And we both were like, let's. I mean, I think that's what you do. I think you, you always, you always like, I don't think you end at that point. Um, but I, since I, my history was, I knew that, that I was an overcommitter. I was worried about having her come back. Sure. Because then the stakes are really high. Right. Like there's, it's almost the stakes are kind of low because even though it might hurt, she goes away. That's kind of a natural non-confrontational break point. Right. Even if you decide that she will come back, I knew she was going to leave for two months. So maybe things change. Like oh we don't talk to each other for a couple of weeks or something and it and it doesn't work out and it's 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 kind of an, an a nice simple way to end and I'd already knew that I was coming back home in the spring you know a few months later anyway so right. I, whatever but we did decide that she would come back and I was I was freaked out by it because like I said because I was an overcommitter and like was she gonna live with me when she comes back and she's gonna drive back to New Hampshire with me and all this shit so um so but but we decided that the plan would be that she would come back anyway and. Um, the amazing thing that happened was when she went home, I, we talked to each other every single night, um, hours on Skype, like hours. And it was kind of like it, the burden was gone because we didn't have that hard cap at the end. Like there was no real, like the, the same, you know what I mean? The stakes weren't as high anymore because we weren't in the same physical location. And so it was, we were talking to each other because we wanted to talk to each other. And, uh, and that's when I really feel like I got to know my wife, like during those two months of being apart, mm-hmm. there's a physical, really nothing is just us like getting to know each other, talking about our day, talking about, I learned about her family, her life, all that stuff at that, at that time. And, um, and then of course she did come back, uh, you know, a few months later in like late February. And when she got back, I was, I was, you know, I was worried, but as soon as I saw her, I was like, this, this is right. This is exactly, this is what should happen. And Soon thereafter, we decided we would get married and she would stay. But yeah, so this is the point. This is uh, December 2010. Uh, you know, my wife leaves me for, for two months while we figure out what we're going to do and get to know each other. And there you have it. That's what I was doing. Yeah, life was really up in the air between uh, moving back home and then 
waiting oh, for Barbara crazy, to come back. Crazy time. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But very good and very exciting. And you know, as uh, as like I said, as soon as she stepped off the plane and I saw her again, I was like, "Holy, yeah, this is holy shit. This is right." Uh, want the headlines? Yeah. Okay. So this is uh, you know, basically Christmas week, 2010. Right. Um. So don't ask, don't tell is repealed. Oh, I repealed it. Um, Did Clinton put that in place? Yes. So oh, I guess it was that long ago. It had, I, I think, you know, Clinton had the right intentions, you know, don't ask, don't tell. I think it was obviously put in there to help people in the military that were gay ended up having a horrible side effect because then basically created like witch hunts. Exactly. Um, and I know personally, I have a friend of mine that was in the military and she had to leave because, um, you know, they basically, you know, did like a witch hunt so situation if, and don't if, ask, they're not going to tell to not protect her at all. If they found out, would they kick her out? Is that, was that yeah, the I think issue? that was the thing. I think they, I think there was like basically, okay. yeah, they found out basically don't ask, don't tell the tell, I guess it's by you, you told by being found out or something. Yeah. It just, I think it created a whole generation of people in the military that were like looking over their shoulder. Like that's kind of a shitty, we're just creating a bigger closet too. It's like, yes, I mean now yeah. more like more lies and hiding. And right. That it had a real, I don't, I think when Clinton put it into place, I don't think he realized like the reality of it in the military world of how that would yeah. be enacted. Um, and I think it had a, a kind of a nasty side effect. So Obama at his credit, uh, repealed it. And, um, I think it's, you know, it's only helped. I mean, if people, of course people want to serve in the military and protect the country. I, I don't really care what, your sexual no. orientation is <laughs> no. doing a job I wouldn't want to do. So, you know, you know, you, I think that's the thing I'm maybe least concerned with. Maybe? Yes, I would agree. <laughs> <That's> very strange. <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, uh, but yeah, so Obama uh, re- repealed it. So yeah. I guess it's been repealed now. Cause what, this is, um, 20 years, or 10, 10 years, years sorry. 10 years. Yeah. We're 10 years out. Um, so Steve Landisberg died. I'm guessing you don't know who that is. He was an actor in Barney. You ever seen Barney Miller? Yep. You see Barney Miller? Yeah, the uh, the TV show. Was yeah. it? Uh, was it? Was it? Um, yes. Is, who was? Hal Linden was the. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, good. All right. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. I'm surprised. I didn't, I didn't think you would would have because it was really before. like Nick at Night. Yeah, I guess so. Um, it wasn't really a great show for kids to watch in Nick at Night because it was, it's very. It's even shot very like almost like a tepia toned. Toned. It just looks very yellow. Mm. <laughs> even back then, it was just very, and it's very bland. It's very, it's a show about cops, but there's no, it's basically just in the office and it's just basically, yeah. it's Howland and, and these cops, Abe Vigoda, that's where he got his, yeah, before, yep. you know, um, uh, it was actually, I think right after Godfather, he did that. Um, so um, he played Lieutenant Fish and then he got his own spinoff and it didn't work. Um, but uh, Landisberg was kind of the intellectual in that, uh, in that precinct. And he was the kind of guy who could kind of talk to everybody. Uh, so if a criminal comes in, he could like, kind of warm up a little bit. So maybe he could confess to his crimes or whatever. I see. But if you've never seen um, Barney Miller, it was, it was basically a cop show with no action. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, it, but it worked, though, because you, you like these guys so much. It was, it was basically it was a show about camaraderie. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of like gallows humor and stuff like that. But it was very, very like chill tone. It was a very like relaxing kind of show. Um and Landisberg, the thing that's interesting about him, though, I think, is that, A, I really like him. He's also in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, who is he? I think he's the dad of um, uh, Jason Segel. Yeah. Um, but so he, he's, he's a good actor. He's been in a lot of commercials. You probably recognize his face, especially if you've seen Barry Miller, you totally would. Uh, he got nominated for uh, three Emmys back to back to back years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but the thing I thought was interesting about he lied about his age. Really? So he got a really late start in Hollywood, and he died actually at the age of 73. When he died, everyone thought he was 65. Um, in fact, some people thought he was even younger than that because he'd just been lying and he, he admitted to lying about it. And his daughter finally came out and said, no, he was 73. Right. He lied about his age because 
he said that when he was going to, he got a late start in acting. And when he went to casting calls, he's like, all right, here's a middle-aged guy. Why have I never heard of him? There must be a reason I never heard of him. Uh, let's move the other, let's, let's move on to somebody else. Right. So basically, you know, and so I was going to ask you, did you ever, did you ever lie about your age? And do you ever want to lie about your age? I no, I don't lie in general. So I don't lie about my age. Okay. No. Um, I'm proud of my age. Like, I'm, I'm not proud, proud of I'm 41. Age. I'm not proud of being, Oh, wait. No, I did. I, I inadvertently, I said I was 41 on KMS when I was 42, but I fucking, I just, was it an just, accident or just an accident? Totally accident. That's different. Yeah, because one, yeah, I mean, one year, once you turn 21, you kind of forget. You have to like do the math yeah. on how old I'm Right, right. But like, I, I'm, I like, I like being, like, when I say I'm proud of my age, but I mean, it's just like, I feel fine about being 41. I, I have no. Don't like it. We talked about it on this the Patreon show. I that's don't, why, I don't that's like why I brought up here. No, I, I think, no. I, I no, no, I'm not into it. No, I wouldn't lie. So though. if someone asks you how old you are, do you I'll kind always of, tell them? 42. But do you? How do you feel? Like, did you wince a little bit? Uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? I mean, I think I do think I look younger. You know, yeah. Yeah. And you're in good shape. So yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your fucking goofy ass wrist and other stupid shit that happens to you. I broke my wrist, dude, <laughs> <laughs> by being athletic and By being active. a child riding a bike. <laughs> no, but like, but, but like, but just, you know, like, there's no like. There's no the, shame in it, right. but it's just, but That's still. What I mean. No, I've just I've always been well, sensitive what, to what, it. So someone asks you like a random random. I'll tell them. Right, but I don't care about that. But like, just, how do you feel? Like, what? What do you? What don't you like about how you feel? I feel like it, I feel old. Yeah, you I feel just, old. You know what it was? Is I was always friends with people who were older than me. Okay, and now in some of the fe- like, you know, I do a lot of um, marketing work in blockchain, mm-hmm. and that's skews younger. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm kind of like the older guy mm-hmm. in tech, and it's like it, that feels weird because yeah. it, it's a flip around for me. So, yeah. I'd rather be. When did this start? When did you start feeling not great about being your age? I think I've always been that way. I think when I was, actually, I think when I, seriously, when I was 19, I was like, oh shit, I'm going to be 20. Like, oh fuck. But you didn't feel old when you said your age. No, I didn't, but when I just kind of felt like, uh, no, I didn't. I don't feel, see the thing is I don't actually feel old. I just think the number sounds old. I don't feel old. When did the number start sounding old? 30. Really? Yeah. Well, they, I thought you would say closer to 40. Because I think 40 to me is like, eh, that's a little different. Yeah, I think it is. Because you're different. still young in your 30s. Like, totally. Like, you're still, but 40, you're not, there's, there's no way around it. Because you're, you're on the other end of it. Like, there's no, yeah, you're not, there's no you're not young anymore. to being young. Yeah. Like, no. I'm not young and I'm okay, I'm okay with not being young. I, 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 I have no issues with that at all. I mean, I'm in better shape in my 40s than my parents were i think in their 30s oh like, i'm in well yeah well yeah but my dad was dying but right. right but my mom i'm in better shape than my like my mom like i'm in, yeah i think so I'm in shape, like my grandparents were at my yeah, age right. like i have yeah. i think our generation is definitely like i think yeah i think we're we're yeah i look at my even pictures of family members in their 30s and i'm like oh i look better than well, people always looked older back then too like, even if you go yeah. back I feel yeah. like people always kind of look younger as time goes on at the same age but um because 30 i i think in the past maybe a generation ago people would think 30 sounds like old, but now 30, 30 year old people are living in their parents' house. Like, I, I, I don't think that that would have happened two generations ago. No, probably. Yeah, it's kind of a different, yeah. And COVID might've even changed the, the ball part, the ball. But even pre COVID, I just, I think like that you're still kind of considered a kid. You're a still kid. trying to figure a way out. When I think you're, you're 20, 30. I think 30s. You can still, I don't know if you're still considered a kid, but yeah, you're not maybe. old. Yeah. You're, you're not kind old. of, but you're, you can still pull off young in your thirties. I wouldn't lie about it. I, I, I don't lie. So I, I wouldn't lie about it, but I don't feel good about it either. I was, when I was on the show with Jared and Kirk, Jared's like, you're that old. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say fuck you, but I was like, Aw. but that was a like kind of a compliment. I think Jared, Jared. Krupp's oh no, it. I get, yes, I guess it is. I guess it is like, yeah, you don't look, you know, I think that's what he was that I guess so. Yeah. 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 Maybe. <laughs> yeah. It kind of weird. Well, right? the other thing is too, I feel like when you have potential up to a certain point and then you should have needed to fulfill that potential by that point. 
You know, what I mean? by by a certain point. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and that kind of sucks too. It's like, oh, he's filled with potential. That works when you're in your 20s, but right. when you're 40, yeah, it we does don't have not. potential anymore. This is pretty much what you, what you get. Was what you get. No, I don't know that I believe that either, but I just <laughs> I think knew, the I optics. Knew you were fight back on that. <laughs> no, I think you can still learn stuff and grow and get better. So obviously, of course, obviously, obviously, of course. Obviously. But uh, yeah, I'm not weirded out. But you're, I I really respect that about you that you're like totally comfortable about this shit. I am. I like what that I am. A lot. I've always yeah. been. You know, you can't you can't change what you are. You know, and I I am what I am. I'm you know I'm 41. And there's nothing I can do to change that. There it, isn't. It, and I actually take. It's funny. It's kind of cool being old sometimes. Like. You know, I'll tell a story of a baseball game. You know, I was oh, I was at that game. Yeah, people are like you know, talking about they might have saw it when they were a kid, or even happened before they were born. Right? You no, know, I was there, or you know, or just something that life experience I had that was just you know to younger people it just sounds like this bizarre fairy tale. But you no, know, this is really you know people really did smoke on planes. Like it just it's kind of fun <laughs> to have like uh, some of these older life experience to think back of of stuff. I've also on the older brother. I know you are too, right? Yeah. I'm the older brother by a lot. Yeah. Um, this is like a year and a half. Yeah. I was significantly older than both my wives. Uh, I've always kind of been the old in work. I was, uh, you know, when I'm in my twenties, obviously you're, you're always the young guy right. in the room, but like among my friend group, we're all about the same age. I'm always, I'm a little bit the younger, but we're all the same grade. So at that point, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I'm like yeah, a year yeah, or two yeah. younger than my, but that's, right. but uh, among like my, you know, my sister or my family or stuff like that, I, I am the oldest. Yep. I'm even the oldest of my cousins on my mom. Like I'm, I've always been kind of the oldest. So I, I've always, it's always been kind of, it felt weird. It felt weird to me to be young. Like, you know what I mean? Like that was more I, yeah. less fitting, I guess to me than, and I also, um, well, I'm also very content with what I've accomplished on this earth. Like I, if it's, you know, I think I've, I'm fine with yeah. how, you know, if, if I, if I die on my way home today, it would, would be sad. But I, I feel like, oh well, you know, I, I had, I had, I did everything I wanted to do. And so it's all, it's all about like, I think you want. I'm the difference. I think between us and how we look at like potential or fulfillment and stuff like that, or just being comfortable with our age, is like I, I wanted to see a bunch of things. Like I wanted to be like I want to go to UCB and be trained by the mm, best. Right. I wanted to get season tickets to baseball and basketball so I could watch the best. I like, I like being around the greatest, but I don't consider myself as part of that. It's like observing it. Yeah. Um, and soaking that as much as that I can in, but I don't expect to be in the same, like it was so much fun going on like Kirk show and like having that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't, yeah. I don't, I'm not trying to be Kirk. Right. You know, like I'm just, it's just cool to be, I just, I've been lucky and super fortunate. I haven't had kids either, which has helped me just to do whatever I want to do but be around the best in all of these weird instances of my life. I've, yeah. been very, I've been very blessed in that way. Um, and that's good enough for me where I think you want to be the best or in that conversation more than I do. It's more like I want to, I always want to strive. Like I want, I want to strive towards excellence. I know that I know my ceiling in a lot of ways, but, uh, but yeah, I think I want to strive. Although to be like, to be honest, I'm, I don't even know what for, because I don't like, I think after I die, I'm gone. So right. I don't, I'm not, it's not like I'm trying to leave a mark for generation. I don't even know. I think it's more self-fulfillment of being able to look back and say, I accomplished that thing. I did that thing. I did that cool thing. But none of it matters. Like in 30 only years. Only to me. Only I mean, to we're me. talking about like, even like Katy Perry. Like, you know, we both agree Katy Perry's, Adele's career going to be longer Probably. lasting Katy Perry. Like, yeah. So I'm like, honestly, in 15 years, you ask a kid who Katy Perry is, someone's going to know, fucking know. No. I, but I want to listen back to my albums or I want to listen. I want to know, I want to be able to go back like a scrapbook. I didn't, I don't keep journals, right? I didn't, I didn't, I don't do. I don't have like a bunch of pictures that, sure. that uh, some, but not a bunch right. that matter to me. So mine is like the projects that I do. I want to be able to have that and to be able to like, Oh, that was cool. I remember writing that album. And yeah. I remember that song or I remember doing that podcast. Or I remember like, that's the type of stuff. I just think when I'm old, when I'm old, I just want to be able to think back and like, 
yeah, you lived a lot of it. Like you did, you did a lot of cool stuff. Here, here are your projects. You can quantify it. You can listen to it. You can watch it. You know, I think maybe that's what I want. I'm not sure. You have a good attitude with it. I respect it. I really respect that. I hope, I hope that I come to terms with it. I mean, I've tried a lot of different things. Um, you know, I, maybe I'll do some more med- yoga helps. Maybe I'll do some more meditation as I get older to try to Why don't you just build a scrapbook. You want to have, just do it. Just put your shit together. And I like, mean, I am like, we're, this, I mean, we have this. Well, this, this that's what I'm saying. Right. This is, this right. will, I'll have that forever or, right. I'll, or, you know, right. However, this long, however long this lasts, I'll have this chunk of my life where we did this thing, this, yeah. this cool project and I'll have my albums, you know, I'll always have that stuff. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. Sorry, so we're back on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> we uh, Black Swan, oh, Black Swan, yeah. and uh, the Black Keys. And the Black Keys, yes, yeah. Uh, and then the Patreon show is going to be uh, okay. We just talked about it. True Grit, True Grit, and some so, song, and some song. Yes. Yeah. So uh, all three movies nominated for Best Picture, and uh, we have. I think we're gonna have a fun uh, little show announcement of sorts uh, uh, on next week's on Saturday show. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, great. Right, see. You.